You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from TCO Studios at the TCO Performance Center in Egan, joined as always by co-host and producer Chris Corso, and we're all in a good mood here at the TCO Performance Center because we're coming off a big-time victory on Sunday Night Football over the Green Bay Packers, 24-17. Your Vikings win. They improved to 6-4-1. They put the Green Bay Packers in a tough spot with five games to go. And right in the thick of the regular season finale, the Vikings are in the middle of an intense playoff chase. Thanks for joining us today, everyone. What's up, Chrissy? How you doing? I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. I mean, the Packers have never won a game at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's right. Every game Aaron Rodgers comes in and has to deal with the, the noise and the crowd at U.S. Bank Stadium, he does not have a good time. And hey. that, 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 that is a good time for us. Hey, uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins has not lost to Green Bay. He has not. Mike Zimmer has a winning record against Green Bay. He does. Okay. And um, I don't think Green Bay is winning the division this year. I don't. I, I think the odds are not in their okay. favor for that to happen. Right. So um, a really good job of turning the tide a little bit here over a, a team that has been a thorn in the Vikings' side for a long time. Now, we are not disrespecting. Um, the organization, the Green Never. Bay Packers, have accomplished a lot of really good things, particularly during yours truly's time with the Vikings. But not during uh, my time. No, not during your time. You've been a good luck charm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the Vikings got it done on Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we have a really fun show coming up for you right now, and it's going to include an interview with Kirk Cousins. He's going to join the Wobcast in just a few moments. Before we get to Quarterback Kirk Cousins, though, let's go over a few things from this game. Chris, I think one one thing that is resounding to me from this win over the Packers was when you look at all three phases, you had key moments that happened in the game that were produced by all three phases. I love it. All right, That includes special teams, and we get into this with Cousins later on. Yep. The special teams had two really key moments in the game, and obviously offense was great, and, and the defense maybe had its best performance of the season. So I like that. It was a, a complete team win for the Vikings. I love it. Um, how about the well that will not dry up? Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Every week, like, I don't understand the tweets. I don't like them. I don't put them in the top tweets article on Vikings.com where they're like, Adam Thielen is so underrated. Like, yeah. when will he When will he be recognized? Like, he's he's there. Like, right. he's not, like, not there. Like, how right. many times right. does he have to do it right. to be like, okay, he is one of the top three wide receivers in the league. Um, and I was having this conversation with somebody, uh, one of our producers, Alex Miller, um, up in the press box, and I was like, honestly, I don't know who's better, like Thielen or Diggs. Like, yeah. I think they both bring something to the table, whether it's Diggs' route running and yep. Thielen's hands that are just second to to nobody in the league. Right. Um, and they both do it at such a high level. It's like, who would you rather? Pick? I I don't know who would you rather have. I, not that we want to like grade um, and I, compare each of them, but like, I don't know who's better. Well, me, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, the great thing is we don't have to choose because yeah. we get them both. I love it. Right? So um, they were targeted 20 times in the game, and they came away with 16 catches on those 20 targets for 202 yards and two touchdowns. I think together they had five touchdowns this season against the Packers. And um, our, our passing offense against the green and gold 
this season very, very good. So that bodes well for things to come because we're going to have that trio, Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen, intact for a while now. Yeah, Yeah. so so that's a good thing. One thing I did look up as well because I thought about this when Diggs caught his touchdown, he has like – majority of his touchdowns in his career since 2015 are against division opponents. Yeah. Like, the Lions, he had his first big game against them, caught his first touchdown against them. The Bears, he kills them, especially at Soldier Field. And the Packers, he has three touchdown catches against the Packers in two games this year. If you look at Stephon Diggs' numbers against the division opponents, which are the biggest games of the season, I mean, they're incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, and that's – you know that that's um, we have two division games to go. So uh, think about Stephon Diggs for your daily fantasy lineups and your regular fantasy lineups uh, when yeah. we play those division games because he's got a thing for the NFC North. Okay, so jam packed show coming up. We're gonna get to Cousins in a little bit. We're gonna get to fan mail. We're gonna take a look at the NFC playoff picture, and you're gonna hear from the goat, Randy Moss, on this episode of the Wobcast as well. But we're gonna kick things off with sounds of the game which begins with the chef, Dalvin Cook. He's heating up. With their star wide receivers. Quick flip out here to Dalvin Cook. He has some room. First down inside the 10. Touchdown. The center, Pat Elfline, came out to help lead the way. Here's the celebration. Through the limbo, huh? <laughs> All right, let's get to the man we just talked about right before sounds of the game, Stefan Diggs. He found pay dirt. Here's what it sounded like. 10 out of 13. Nice looking drive for the Vikings here. Down by seven. Good protection again. Cousins fires wide open. Touchdown. Stefan Diggs. I mentioned you would hear from the GOAT. Here it is. Randy Moss receiving his Hall of Fame ring at halftime of the Vikings' win over Green Bay. Well, I'm back home. You know, first and foremost, I want to give honor to God because without him, none of this would be possible. And definitely, they put a man up in this ring of honor a couple months ago. And I owe it all to Coach Dennis Green for being able to draft me here. So I'm able to showcase my talents of what God really blessed me with. I'd like to thank the Will family. I told y'all they were doing some great things for this city and this team. I want to thank my teammates. I want to thank the Hall of Fame Jackets down here, Mr. Baker, his crew. Last but not least, Minnesota Viking fans, I want to thank you all for the love. All the support, and what not a better way to give me my ring going against our rival. Vikings, bring it home. Skull! Tough love touchdown. Adam Thielen catches a ball short of the end zone, lowers the helmet and shoulders, and burrows his way into the end zone. It looked really cool. Take a listen to how it sounded. Latavius Murray is the running back. Take the hand of Cousins rolling. Chased by Matthews. Fires. That'll be a first down and more. And Thielen, can he get in? Yes. Touchdown. 
Head coach Mike Zimmer wanted to be aggressive in this game. One of his most aggressive decisions, third down, two-minute warning. No, we're not going to run the ball. We're going to pass it. Yes. This is what happened. From the 38-yard line, Cousins is going to throw it. And it's caught, and that's a first down. Diggs, and that should take us to the finish line. Tell you, that's a risky play in that situation. Uh, Very. And especially with the throw where it was. I mean, it was well behind. That ball could have easily been tipped. And Tony Brown could have come up with a play. But sticky Stefan Diggs even gets commercials for his good hands. Hey, head coach Mike Zimmer doesn't like to give out game balls to individuals because he likes to win as a team. But he couldn't help himself in the locker room at U.S. Bank Stadium after this win over the Packers. The quarterback got the game ball. We ran the ball efficiently. We stopped the run, right? They were two out of ten on third downs. Offense did a hell of a job tonight. We emptied the bucket today, didn't we? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 All right, I don't usually do this, but we had a 129 quarterback rating, 342 yards. Oh, yeah. Okay, from the quarterback getting the game ball in the postgame locker room to the quarterback joining the Wobcast, here's Kirk Cousins. All right, man. I, I like one thing that Coach Zimmer said right off the bat in his press conference, and it gets cliched and maybe said a lot, but it really felt true about our win over Green Bay, a team win. Sure. Because if you look at all three phases made key plays. I mean, special teams, the the recovery of the muff punt by Marcus right. Sherrills and his long punt return Correct. was key in the game. Offense and defense made some plays, too. That was a fun team win. Couldn't agree more. I think when we've won this year, it's been a team win. It hasn't been a, a shootout that was all the offense and, and that was why we won or, or vice versa. It hasn't been a game that was 7-6 to six and the yeah. defense just dominated and controlled everything. And usually in our wins, it's because our special teams has avoided any errors and then has made a play or two for us. And last night was no different. And maybe that's the team we are, a team that you know has to kind of do it from all angles to be able to find ways to win. And that's okay. Uh, we have enough talent on all sides of the football to, uh, to be able to, uh, to make plays in all phases. You know, you, you played in some really intense division rivalry games in Washington, and obviously you played in the Big Ten, so there are some right. intense rivalries there. I'm sure you've gotten a good feel for the Green Bay rivalry. You're playing um, well in the Green Bay game, so that's pretty cool. Well, you know, our biggest rivalry when I was in Washington was Dallas. They're yeah. a three-and-a-half-hour plane ride. Mm-hmm. Here it's you're living and working next to people who are rooting yeah. for the other team, yeah. and they're border states, and it has a different feel to it from that standpoint because it's right in your face. And we went on a golf trip with a couple guys to Wisconsin this spring, and you could feel it there, yeah. you know, just the, the tension of the rivalry. And, and then as I met Vikings fans, while they, they certainly want the Super Bowl first and foremost, really their second request is beat the Packers. Yeah. And it was made abundantly clear to me from just interacting with people in this state how important those two games are every year. Yeah. So it was nice, although we didn't win both times, it was nice to at least avoid a loss for another season. Yeah. I mean, yes, we got like 767 yards in two games against the Packers. So you're <laughs> we'll doing, take it. You're, you're doing just fine. We'll in that, take in it. That yeah. um, you know, 
Coach Zimmer has been pretty vocal about wanting to be able to run the ball, mm-hmm. right? Wanting to be a team who can run the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, I'm guessing that's less about like he wants it to be a 50-50 ratio and he more wants to be a physical team who can Correct. run it, right? Okay. Talk about the quarterback's responsibility in the run game. And sure. and not specific to the Vikings mm-hmm. and our, our secrets, but just I, I think people think about offensive linemen and running backs. But the quarterback has a role in it too. So can you kind of explain that? Well, certainly I have to get us into the right plays and out of the wrong ones. And then um, there's ways that I can contribute, whether it's the zone read, whether it's a, a, a pass play where I take off and run for some yards. Um, but there's other ways I can help steal a first down from time to time. Uh, whether it's getting us into the right play or scrambling myself. And I would argue that the the desire to run the ball, in addition to wanting to be physical, also goes back to a desire to protect the football and mm. not put us in a position to have negative plays. And naturally, when you throw the football, you're putting yourself in a position for the potential of more negative plays, sacks, fumbles, interceptions. Yep. When you run the football, it's just a little bit less likely that, first of all, you're not exposing yourself to sacks. Uh, not exposing yourself to interceptions. And uh, when you can run the football, you're just avoiding those critical errors more consistently. And I think when we do throw the ball, if we can prove that we're going to avoid critical errors, we're not going to take sacks, we're not going to have interceptions, then I think Coach Zimmer and I think our, our team is more apt to throw the ball yeah. and be willing to take those, those risks because they aren't as big of a risk. So we have to protect the football. And then if we do that, I think we can basically, from a play-calling standpoint, open up the whole playbook and do whatever we want to do. Yeah. You know, Latavius has been really good for us this whole season. Doesn't it feel like Dalvin sort of starting to heat up? Doesn't it feel that way to you? Yeah, he, we got to get him in space because um, you can see the ability when he's had – and this goes back to week one. I mean, you can see what he's able to do. It's just because of an injury, because of uh, um, the games we've gotten in where – it hasn't. We've been behind, or it yeah. has become a passing game. We haven't gotten the opportunities for him to be able to show what he can do. But he showed it again last night, and we just got to continue to yeah. create chances. And it's not just the run game; it's the pass game as well. It's the screen game, and the touchdown last night was a screen. Yeah. So let's just find ways to get him the ball. That's not necessarily right between the tackles, but out in the perimeter in space. And usually, when you do that, he's going to uh, prove you right. Yeah. Sunday night football is a big spectacle. Um, doing stuff like your weekly press conference and then your post-game press conference that requires attention to detail and effort from you. You're joining me on the Wobcast right now. You have a podcast. I, I know you're a football guy and everyone in this building loves football, but at this level it requires professionalism and there's an entertainment aspect to sure, it too. Sure. What's your what's your perspective on on all that? Well, the the fans drive our league. We're a fan-driven league, and, and we want to serve the fans. And if that means um, you know, communicating through the media, then that's what we're going to do. If it means communicating through a podcast, that's what we're going to do. We want the fans to feel like they have access to yeah. us as players, to us as an organization, within reason. But we don't want to feel aloof or feel distant. We want to give them access. And so I want to stop and sign autographs. I want to high-five the yeah. kids who are there. And I want to interact with the fans because they drive what we're able to do and, and they make the environment last night at U.S. Bank what mm-hmm. it was. Insane. So I enjoy that opportunity. And so I don't really see myself as speaking to the media. I see myself as speaking to the fans okay. through the vehicle of the media. And, um, and that's really, I think, a helpful way for me to see it. Tell us, tell us about your podcast. We want to definitely give you a, a spot about that. Yeah, because... we, we've had fun with it. It's uh, you know I did a radio show in the past and okay. and uh, in Washington and just felt like with with the opportunity here with Ven and 
and uh, you know the incredible studio we have. It just made a lot of sense to maybe tell our own story, and yeah. um, I think it's been received pretty well, and it's growing. It's the first time doing it, so we're learning as we go, yeah. but uh, it certainly helps when we get teammates on and, and can yeah. get them involved, so we'll try to do more of that, and I've enjoyed doing it every week. You record it every Monday, and That's where right. can people catch it? Uh, they can catch it on Vikings.com. Yeah, and else? pretty much wherever any podcasts are found, okay. you know, iTunes or any of those other platforms, and uh, they can, you know, reach out via social media and, and with the hashtag AskKirk on either Instagram or Twitter yep. and reach out and ask questions. How's the foundation? Foundation's going well. We just, uh, after taking months to kind of get the I's dotted and the T's crossed, we officially launched it this fall. And, um, you know, we've used other vehicles to do our charitable giving in the past, but we felt now is the time to have our own personal foundation. And hopefully we can continue to give quite a bit through that for many years to come. And, um, we're excited at, you know, we do our end, of, we do our giving at the end of the year. So we're excited okay. here in the next few weeks to, um, you know, make those gifts and really try to leave an impact in the twin cities, uh, leave an impact in our, in our country really. And then, and then certainly globally as well. All right, man. Enjoy victory Monday. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks Kirk. Yep. All right, Chrissy, let's take a look at this NFC playoff picture. Which is not clear, by the way. Oh, it is not clear. There are a lot of teams that are in this thing. Um, it's very top-heavy. You have the Saints, who are crushing it at 11-1. You have the Rams at the top. You have the Bears in the, in the three seed, who are 8-3. Eight, eight and three. They obviously hold the first place in the NFC North, a game and a half over the Vikings. And next, you have the Cowboys at 6-5. and five. Big win against the division opponent in the Washington Redskins. The Redskins don't have their starting quarterback, Alex Smith, who's out for the year, so they turn to Colt McCoy. Um, man, that Cowboys team is hot, and they would be the team that we would take on. Mm-hmm. In the first round of the playoffs, we would play in Dallas if the season ended today. I think I like our chances. Oh, you like that matchup, I, huh? I really like us against um, our run defense has really picked up. Obviously, you would have to stop Zeke. We don't want to look too far ahead, but um, out of all the teams that we would have to play— I'll take I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, and we don't know who's going to win the East. Yeah. The Eagles stayed alive with a win over the Giants this week. The Cowboys and Redskins sort of are jockeying for positions one and two right now. Of course, the Cowboys have the edge via their win on Thanksgiving, as you as you mentioned. But the Redskins could win that division. And if the Redskins did win the division and presumably finish as the four seed, and the Vikings presumably finish as the five seed, how about Kirk Cousins taking his Vikings? to FedEx Field that for a be, playoff game yes. against Adrian Peterson and the Redskins. Oh, my gosh. Huh? How about that? Worlds collide. There we go. <laughs> now, that would work. Now, of course, we'd rather win the division, but we got to run down these Chicago Bears who are 8-3. and three. They're the three seed right now. So, uh, as Chris mentioned, if the season ended right now, Vikings at Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs, and we would put the Redskins at Chicago in the first round of the playoffs, Saints and Rams are the one seed, are the one and two seed. So um, now, for um, for your reference, as you're watching games here down the stretch, this is big. your this scoreboard is big. watching, yeah. you basically want the Saints and Rams to keep winning and, and knocking teams in the NFC who are in the wild card race down. Yep. Okay, so you want the Saints and Rams to win. That includes the Saints playing Dallas this Thursday night. Y'all are cheering for Drew the Brees. Saints yep. to beat the Cowboys to knock them down. Uh, down a peg. Uh, of course, you're cheering against the Bears, so yep. that means you get to cheer for the Rams because the Rams are playing the Bears that, 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 in a couple weeks. That all looks good for right? us. We like and that. You're actually going to be cheering for the Packers because the Packers played yeah. the Bears too, and we're chasing the Bears down. So yep. lots of scoreboard watching coming up here. 
Um, but just keep that in mind. You're cheering for the Vikings, and then you're cheering against the Bears, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Seahawks, and the Panthers. Yeah, you know who I'm really cheering against? Who? The Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah? I do not like Russell Wilson against the Vikings. I just don't like it. Yeah, like, you, yeah. Since I've been here at least the past three years, I mean, he has had success. Obviously, the 2015 wild card game was a tough one because he really didn't play that well. Um, they only scored nine points before that last field goal or whatever whatever it was um, that we missed. What, or what, what was it, like 12? What, what did they score in that game? It wasn't many. It well, was a yeah. cold game. It was freezing. Wasn't it nine seven? It was like nine seven or something. Like that. What yeah. was? Ugh. Um, but couple couple games, couple weeks before that, um, the Seahawks did come into T- uh, TCF Stadium and and put a spanking on us. If you remember that in two thousand fifteen, yeah. um, and well, I let's, just, let's ha- just I hate avoid the mobile, them. Ugh, I hate the mobile quarterbacks. Let's let's see them lose. Okay. We'll avoid Seattle the I'd, best we can. I'd love that. We okay. can't avoid them on Monday night in two weeks, but no, we're going. We're <laughs> going to Seattle, yep. and that will be a huge game for the NFC playoff picture. Huge! That game is worth like five games. <laughs> yeah. So the Vikings got some big games coming up here down the stretch. They got five games in December. All of them are going to be big. It all starts with their game against the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, next Sunday. Let's get to some fan mail. Fan mail, let's do it. I have a loaded one here from a fan that emailed both Wabi and I. Um, it's Mitch Cave from Calgary, Canada. All right, what's Mitch got? It's the only piece of fan mail for the day, so what's he got? We'll make a, it a good one. He's a big fan. He said, hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving with your family and friends. In Canada, our Thanksgiving holiday is earlier in the year, but for the past 10 days or so, my friends ten and years. I— 10 years or so. Wow, t- he's got a big tradition. My friends and I— Always take the day off to celebrate American Thanksgiving up here north of the border. Oh, we got fans up there. I like it. As I was watching tonight's game against the Packers, I was thinking of what I could write to you about. I came up with my question literally minutes prior to Thielen fighting his way into the end zone. You guys heard that um, earlier in the show in the third quarter. Anyways, I was about to. This is a long email. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I was about to ask how the offense can continue to be explosive in the second half. I realize that most defenses will likely regroup at halftime, changing personnel, formations, coverages. But this season, I feel like we've come out quite successful in the first half, putting up points, and then coming out flat in the second half. So even though this wasn't exactly the case tonight, what can the offense do to be explosive into the second half? Thanks again for everything you guys do at VEN. Thanks for the email, Mitch. Well, except for times when you have a comfortable lead... You know, a lot of times in the second half, you see more snaps and, and more passes. Yep. Right? So I think the biggest key to being able to put up points in the second half down the stretch is going to be pass protection. Got to be able to protect the passer. Now, the Vikings did that against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. They did. Kirk Cousins dropped back 40 times. He had 38 pass attempts and two sacks. So that's 40 dropbacks and two sacks. That's a good ratio. I will take that ratio for the rest of the season. Yep. Pass protection is key for the Vikings down the stretch. I know Zim wants to run the ball more, and I think the Vikings will try to do that. So run blocking is also important. But pass protection is key to being a good team in the second half because more times than not, you're going to have to put the ball in the air in the second half as you are battling for the lead or as you're trying to come back from a deficit. The Vikings had to put up 22 points in the fourth quarter at Lambeau Field just to get a tie. Yep. So, um, you know, you're going to have to put the ball in the air. You're going to have to protect the quarterback. I think that's the number one key to being a good second-half 
offense. One thing that a lot of fans forget is Pat Elfline suffered a crazy injury this offseason. He addressed the, the media today in a conference call um, remotely, but he kind of talked about how it's taken him a little time to get his feet back under him, and he really felt like the offensive line had their best performance in the game against the Packers um, as a unit. There was one play where um, Kirk Cousins actually talked about this with Mike Remmers on his podcast. You can catch that on Vikings.com. Um, Remmers kind of didn't know the the play. Like They have names for all these plays, yeah. and it was really loud there last night. And Remmers was the only one who thought that it was going to uh, Did you see the highlight of that play where he like went the wrong Yeah, year? right. Yeah. So they, they joked about that, and that stuff happens every now and then. Obviously, they're going to go back and change the, the name of that play, so it's not similar to yeah. what Remmers thought it was. But um, that was one instance where um, where that was like one of the only instances where the line really stuck out in this game. Right. Which is, they mean, were great. They, yes. were, they were great. So Offensive line played yeah. great, and we need them to keep doing that. Hey, look, this, this is all about you want to peak at the right time. And so the Vikings have not played peak Vikings football for most of this still season. Mistakes. Right? They're right, still right. mistakes. So, yeah. But now they have the chance to springboard off of this Green Bay performance yep. and get better each each week and build this thing up so that when you get to Week 17 in a huge game against the Bears, you win that game, you get into the playoffs, and you are playing peak Vikings football. That's what you want to do. And is any team more battle-tested than, than the Vikings? Well, I mean, we won't be. I mean, look, we play the, the Patriots and Seahawks in back-to-back weeks here, right? So On the road. Um, both games on the road. Yeah, you get a little bit of a break with Dolphins, Lions, but yep. then you finish it up with the Bears. So, no, the, no team will be more battle-tested than the Vikings playing that first-place schedule all season long, play the defending Super Bowl champions, play the Packers twice, play the Bears twice, yep. the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Saints. Um, so, yeah, your Vikings are battle-tested, more battles to go, but they're right in the thick of it with five games to go in the regular season. All right, that's the end of this episode of the Wobcast. Our thanks to quarterback Kirk Cousins for joining us. We hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we hope you stay tuned to Vikings.com all week as we get you ready for Vikings versus Patriots on Sunday from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. You can catch the game on the Vikings radio network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will have the call. The boom kickoff, 325 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber will be helping PA bring you the action on the Vikings radio network. On behalf of Wobcast producer and co-host Chris Corso, this is Wobby signing off for now. Have a good week, everyone.